0: Pretty much the moment after Israel Adesanya KO'd Rob Wilkinson in his UFC debut and his hype train took off, it started a quiet and ominous slow build for another devastating striker with a deathly punch that seemingly puts all of his opponents to sleep through mere contact. That is Alex Pereira. So then why the connection to Izzy? Well, he's the only man in combat sports to KO Adesanya. And with that kickboxing resume, it really only took one fight in 2020 after a four year layoff to get him a contract in the UFC. Makes sense, but we really don't know that much about him as a result. So who is he? And is he still a credible threat in MMA like he was in kickboxing to the most dominant middleweight champion since Anderson Silva's historical title reign.
1: There's a lot to unpack here, but real quick, oh, hey, what's up, Balian? Hey, guys, Balian from MMA On Point here, and I'm happy to tell you MyBookie is here. UFC 276 is nearly upon us, and oh boy, is this card stacked. Will the current champion, Israel Adesanya, keep the belt, or will Jared Cannonier be the new champion? Either way, you can make things a bit more interesting and put some skin in the game by joining us over at MyBookie. When you join the MyBookie community, you'll get an instant deposit bonus, so make sure you use the promo code MM MMA on Point to match half of your deposit up to $1,000. More on that later, but for now, I'm Jason from
0: MMA on Point, and here are 10 interesting facts about Alex Pereira. Number 10. His upbringing. Most English speaking fans simply know him as Alex Pereira, but in Brazil, he's known by a couple more names. First off, we know him by an abbreviation of Alexandro Pereira, and his nickname is Poeta, which fits him really well because it translates literally to stone hands in English, explains that tattoo. What's more is that his nickname isn't just of any Brazilian heritage. His family comes from a scarcely populated northeastern part of Brazil that is actually an indigenous indigenous. indigenous population rather than from the lineage of European colonization or anything like that. Basically, that places his family line in one of the most remote places on the entire planet. I mean, good luck sorting through the Amazon rainforest to find people where many tribes still reportedly exist in this area, totally unconnected to civilization. They might also be a bit hostile and they can't talk to you either. Watch out. So his nickname isn't even actually Portuguese. It's from his native Tupi language. And for his family, it was essentially coming from the literal jungle to an urban one as he grew up in the favelas of Sao Paulo, where he was born in 1987 after his father moved down from the northeast region and met Alex's mother. Here's how he described life in Sao Paulo to Glierme Cruz from MMA fighting. I was raised in a favela. I had no expectations in my life. I would always wonder if I would be able to buy a motorcycle one day and thought it was possible but how about a car maybe i have my doubts a house no way that was too far from a reality for me additionally he also has a sister and is in fact not the only fighting member of his family Aline also competes in kickboxing and they even competed on the same card with glory in the past number nine dropping out of school Typically, when you picture a dropout, you think of this happening in high school or somewhere towards the end of K through 12, and at the very least, near the age of adulthood. This can happen for a wide variety of reasons, but for Pereira, he decided to drop out of school when he was only 12 years old, simply because he didn't feel like going, and he was more ready to just get into work. And where he's from, 12 certainly was not too young legally for him to get a job, so he jumped straight into hard labor, working at a tire shop that also offered a variety of auto repair and mechanical services. Basically, the kid was forced to grow up at an extremely young age. The way Glory Kickboxing's website describes it, he was working 12 hours a day and was covered in oil and grime by the time they closed up the shop. He wanted to be around the adults and live life like them. But unfortunately, he got exactly what he asked for and according to Yahoo Sports, he referred to it as a quote, difficult, horrible time in my life he did describe himself as being a healthy kid back then and despite everything still ate well and took care of himself but that was until his lifestyle led him to number eight alcoholism part of being around so many adults all the time and adopting a hard life meant that he also found himself picking up a fair portion of bad habits along the way so not long after starting at the tire shop he pretty much dove right into the drink of choice for his adult co-workers and that turned out to be cachaça which is essentially a type of rum that they would literally drink all day at work and continuing to do so late into the night. This is what began a near decade-long spiral beginning at just the age of 13, and this extended into his early 20s. By 16 years old, he was already drinking as much as a liter of cachaça every single day on top of a few beers. He described it in a few ways to Guilherme Cruz, quote, it was an addiction. We're in that moment drinking and we'd say, I'll stop when I want to. I have that in my mind when i decided to stop it was time to stop but i couldn't and that's when i realized it was ugly he also mentioned how his mother would call him the pride of his family while all this was going on and how hard it was to know that he was letting her down and as you can imagine getting drunk every single night started to lead to some fairly typical conflicts and of course fighting wouldn't you know it he was pretty damn good at it humorously he told yahoo sports that quote in brazil the two big sports are soccer and fighting I didn't really like soccer, so I started to fight. I was so fortunate that I made that choice. They say that sports save lives and I'm proof of it. It was the low point in my life. I'd hit the bottom of the well. Um, I guess that old saying about fighting doesn't solve things isn't always true. Number seven. Entering into martial arts. So essentially, at this stage in life, Pereira knew two things. He wanted to stop drinking, and he was pretty great at fighting naturally. He had heard that sports had the ability to discipline people and make them better. So, just like that, he walked into a gym for the first time in 2009 to learn kickboxing for that very specific purpose. So, yeah, it basically had nothing to do with title aspirations or being the best in the world or anything like that. He just wanted to get clean. He was just 21, and around this time, he would get the name of bestowed on him by his trainers, Poetan, or Hands of Stone, as his KO power was already super apparent. But of course, kicking an addiction like that isn't so easy. He would go on to compete in kickboxing for a full four years while still struggling, taking a month or two here and there off of it, and then relapse, try again, and so it was on the fourth try four years into his career that his obsession with becoming the best took over he knew that he had to treat his body better to succeed at the highest levels. Astonishingly, though, by this time, he had already been a champion with a belt under the WGP kickboxing banner at their 85 kilo weight class, which is basically the same weight class as middleweight in MMA. There, it's 187 instead of 185. It was likely his first loss to Jason Willness around the same time that helped him to realize this. And so he'd go on to win a couple more titles before entering him into his most high profile years. Number 7, the Pinnacle of Kickboxing. When you look at the sport now, glory is pretty much the show. They bought out K1 and easily have the top roster around the world. It wasn't long at all before those world title and regional title wins all led him straight to the middleweight division in glory with a tournament title up for grabs. By this point in his career, he was just seven and two, and he ended up going up against a name you might recognize in Dustin Jacoby, who is himself on a five fight win streak in the UFC. It was not a a good night for Jacobi as he would soon find himself in the receiving end of the punch the whole world would soon know knocking him out cold instantly in the first round the next fight would happen later that same night in 2014 where Hack Paparian would manage to survive a knockdown early on but ultimately Pereira would get the tournament win as a result oh hey that's Evander Holyfield so you'd think this would mean smooth selling for Pereira now, right? He'd cruise on to the title picture and double champion status. Well, not quite. While he'd prove to do astoundingly well in WGP and around the world otherwise, he'd lose his next two fights in glory, one a repeat loss to rival Jason Wilness, and additionally another loss in Kunlun fight in China, before he'd finally get his win in glory only to lose again the very same night. Of course, there are some notable wins that I'm skipping over here so that we can discuss those more in detail, but in the promotion that gave him his biggest platform in the sport, he'd won just once there in about the next three years. However, the next four would prove to be the most inspiring of his whole career. He captured the glory middleweight title from Simon Marcus and literally never lose it. He'd even avenge the two losses to Jason Wilness with a thunderous KO that he would mirror in his UFC debut. After that, he'd move up to light heavyweight, becoming the Glory dual weight champion, defend at middleweight again before finally losing his title at the end of just last year number five israel adesanya all right so you're probably wondering wait where is izzy in all this well for one this deserves its own entry two two what he did in glory should not be overshadowed so i wanted to focus on that and while these two things did overlap he started in glory first chronologically so that being said many assume their fights were in glory but of course it wasn't they both happened in glory of Heroes. Now I understand the confusion. Yeah, Glory of Heroes is based in China, and so their first fight would take place in that promotion. About two years after Pereira debuted in Glory, the other one though. This was the time period when things weren't going so well for Alex in that promotion. He'd only won three out of his last five fights total, while Izzy was on an insane streak over the last two years. And many only pay attention to the second fight because of how clippable that KO naturally is. But the first one went onto a decision and was really close the first round could have gone either way until the big left hand landed and stole the first round for me while the second was incredibly close Izzy had Pereira really corralled against the ropes but Pereira would come back with more big bombs honestly it could have gone either way but I would probably give it to Pereira for the damage while the third round was no doubt about it Adesanya's He just started to pick Pereira apart and take away the clearest round of the fight by far. But Pereira would get the nod, and it was definitely enough to warrant a rematch. And that momentum really carried over from the last fight for a fairly decisive first round for Adesanya. In the second, Pereira really tried to come back with a lot of intensity, but Izzy responded, and man did he hurt Pereira bad here. When you're watching it, you're thinking there's no way Pereira could last. There was even a standing 10 count that got administered. He just never went down. But to his... His credit he did end up surviving and by the end of the round was even trying to throw back then the third round came around and it looks like we're about to see more of the same but then Brand. oh It really is like a final boss in a video game. You do everything right, but get insta-killed out of nowhere. And frankly, you can see how both fighters would be confident in a third matchup in MMA because they each had a ton of success. Izzy probably feels like he just got caught, and Pereira feels like he was probably just doing it wrong for the first couple rounds and it finally clicked. Speaking of that, number four, transitioning into MMA. You would be tempted to think that beating Adesanya twice in kickboxing, plus seeing all the success he's had in MMA, would be a huge reason why he decided to try the sport in the first place. And while that easily and most likely has fueled him a bit in recent years, he actually tried his hand in the sport far before Izzy's UFC debut and star focus status was attained. In talking with the MMA Hoje podcast, he mentioned that he was initially super focused on kickboxing, but reached a point in his life where he was feeling like he wanted to focus completely on MMA as time went on. He mentioned all the things that you can imagine, like how money is more scarce in kickboxing than it is in MMA. There are rare opportunities to match what you can actually make in the UFC in particular. Wow, this is starting to sound a lot like how we talk about MMA versus boxing pay all the time. And then he talks, of course, about the obvious correlation between weight classes, meaning a transition wouldn't be that hard at all to make in terms of pounds. Like I said, 187 185. This was before he met and began working with Glover, so for his first fight, he didn't have at least the name value and experience behind him that he now has. Either way, he felt ready, and decided to go for it. Number three, his first MMA fight. You'll seldom find a better example of a debut despite losing than what Alex Pereira had. Most people will take a quick glance, see the L next to his name, see it's a submission, and sum it up to a kickboxer finding out what MMA is all about. But that really doesn't tell the whole story. Walid Ishmael is an infamous name in the sport who runs a promotion called Jungle Fight that Pereira fought for, and it's one of the best fast tracks To the UFC in Brazil, so naturally Alex took his first fight there for Jungle Fight 82 in October of 2015. Mind you, that's three years before Izzy would join the UFC, and furthermore, it's more than a year before the two even fought for the first time in kickboxing. Safe to say, this was never about him jumping to MMA because of their rivalry, but was more of a long-term goal that started way back then. Anyhow, when you watch this fight, surprisingly, you don't just see striking from the kickboxing champion, but you actually see him nearly get an armbar in the first. He was really looking to attack on the ground often, and was clearly prepared more than most would have expected. He even escaped a backbound. Keep in mind his opponent, Kemuel Otani, is a BJJ black belt and is currently on a five fight win streak as the jungle fight champion, now at 170, so this was no slouch by any means for a debut. The second round saw Alex almost finish him with strikes as well, but Otani fought back and just kept coming back before having some success of his own and securing the takedown. By round three, the fatigue had caught up to Pereira and the finish came, and the third, by rear naked choke. I would definitely recommend watching the whole fight along with the two izzy kickboxing fights because holy shit it's worth your time. Number 2, leaving MMA. After that first loss, Pereira would bounce back with two vicious KO and TKO wins inside of the jungle fight promotion. And from there, he pretty much looked like that blue chip prospect you would have expected to see and saw glimpses of in that first fight. So then why would a man who just said he's focusing on MMA and wants to leave kickboxing suddenly disappear from the sport in twenty? 2016 and not come back all the way until 2020. Well, there are two really important reasons. One, he really dislikes Walid Ishmael and his jungle fight promotion. He's gone on record to say that Walid was exploiting fighters, dreams, and vastly underpaying fighters. So yeah, basically one of the major things that he wanted in MMA wasn't there, pay. Leading on to the second reason, and that is that his kickboxing career was just starting to really blossom. Just a year later, in 2017, he was offered the opportunity to fight for the glory middleweight title. As I mentioned it to Belt, he would indeed win and never lose before switching back to MMA. So the money and the opportunity were very much explicitly aligned for him there. And who could blame him as well as win So well, in fact, that he even turned down a chance to compete on Dana White's contender series in 2018. But your first question is probably, why go back to MMA with all the kickboxing success? He felt that he had accomplished everything he could have ever won to do in kickboxing he knew that he had the name value he could cross over into mma and make enough cash this time to get him up to speed quickly and so by the time of november 2020 he signed with lfa which as i'm sure many of you know is the best known feeder league in the u.s to the ufc And they also still let him to compete in kickboxing for the meantime. So he did just that all the way until the end of 2021. And that is what has led us onto the current track that we're on now. Number one, the return. I remember distinctly watching his LFA return fight live with our social media manager, Mac Malley, and basically we were losing our shit watching this one. At our core, we're MMA fans. Yeah, we've seen him in kickboxing, saw the Adesanya KO along with other highlights, but to see him step into the cage again with a rep, Reputation he's earned and to do what he did to Thomas Powell that night it was hard for your jaw not to drop after defending some takedown attempts and dropping Powell with a knee before defending some more takedowns that left hook ended up finding its mark by now I don't have to tell you what happened it was a spectacular KO but perhaps even more shocking was just how long Powell stayed out an entire five Minutes. Look, for all I know, in a year we could all be talking about how any hype around him is totally overblown. Sean Strickland could shut him out at UFC 276. We have seen him controlled for a bit, certainly in his very first fight and in the UFC already. But at this stage, it's hard for me at least not to see where the hype is coming from. Without a doubt, it's been a fast track for Pereira, knowing that they can make a lot of cash booking him against Izzy. But if he can manage to get a win against the number four guy in Strickland, then the title shot makes a ton more sense. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. This isn't the first time a kickboxer come over to MMA and busted. So then I'll ask you guys, do you see Pereira or Strickland winning and will Izzy even be able to retain
1: his title against Cannonier? Thanks for watching guys. Shout out to my bookie with a banger of an offer for UFC 276. If you want to join us in the excitement, we're picking Adesanya, Holloway and Pereira for UFC 276. Yeah, that's right. Disagree? Well, you can have your own say. When you join the mybookie community, you'll get an- an instant deposit bonus, so use the promo code MMAONPOINT to match half of your deposit up to $1,000. That means you can use the extra cash to drop another wager on any of the other fights on the card. How about that rematch with Max and Bolt? You can bet on just one fight or use parlays to really raise the stakes and bet on a few across the card. But don't forget to use the code MMAONPOINT to bet with us here and the rest of the MyBookie crew. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.
0: Thanks, Balian, you did a good job. Also, speaking of shout outs, let's give a shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. If you don't know, he looks like a mini Tom Aspinall, but he can't fight for shit. All right, now do more like sissy punches. (laughs) You can follow him on Twitter at cool me underscore. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Feel free to like and comment if you did. We do three videos a week, so we give you a pretty decent value. If you do subscribe to us, comment below, do whatever you want. Follow me on Twitter at JasonTheHeart. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one.